0: Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're gonna be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. This week's episode features guest Ashley Stahl. She's a career coach, author, and speaker. Her new book, U-Turn book comes out January 26th. And in this episode, we really talk about so much to how to find what drives you, to how to do a self-audit, how to live your life with intention, and really how to give yourself permission to make a change in your life. So let's get started. First of all, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I have so many questions, so I want to get started. Okay. I know you're a career coach, and I think a lot of people, especially now, with the pandemic, everybody is like questioning everything in their life, their relationships, their career, their path, their passions. And I think a lot of people are wanting to make a change. And I know mm-hmm. that you always, when, in your, when you speak and what you're about is you tell people to do a self audit. Can you explain to the listeners exactly how they can do this in their own life?
1: Yeah, I, I just did a TED talk, and the, the biggest question that I asked in the TED talk was, "What do you know that you wish you didn't know?" And everything. this
0: question, <laughs> everything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> where I do I this start? Question, <laughs> exactly, this question is at the absolute crux of my work because ultimately, your career comes back. Your your career is only as strong as you are honest with yourself. And I think a lot of people end up stuck in careers that don't resonate for them because they're not really being honest about who they are. And ultimately, if we're able to tune into our bodies and start to notice, what do we know about our lives? What do we know about our career that maybe we wish we didn't? Because when you kind of look in that shadow spot of your career and you get really honest with yourself, there's so much transformation. So the self-audit really starts with asking yourself that question and maybe just grabbing a piece of paper and writing down. And maybe there are things you actually do know that you just kind of wish weren't the case, writing down all of the things that are true about what might not be working for you in your career and your life in general. And I think these questions also come back down to lifestyle, like maybe your job is really working for you, but the amount of hours you work or the way that you're working or the people that you're working with aren't working for you. And I think this is also a really interesting dynamic because sometimes people focus so much on what kind of job do I want to have versus how do I want my life to look. And the, those are two very different things. What, are, what is the job I'm doing? The what? That's the responsibilities you're taking on, the job title you have versus the how. The how looks a lot more like, how are you going to do it? And, and when I look at the how, I really look at core values. What are your core values? What do you value as non-negotiable principles in your life? that you can weave into your career. So these are some starting thoughts for somebody to do a self-audit is just starting with that question, writing down what they know to be true that isn't working for them and starting to get curious. Like, is it what you're doing that might not be working for you or is it how you're doing it, who you're working with, what the culture is, stuff like that.
0: But okay, this sound for anybody who's listening too is like, yeah, that's all great and woo-woo, great, but I have bills to pay and I have kids and I have a mortgage. So yeah. how can you make that transition with all of the everyday stresses that we already have in our lives.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because this would be another step of the self-audit is looking at all the limitations that you're buying into. And I think that the golden handcuffs are a very real phenomenon where people feel like they're paid and they can't just leave something that they've built their life and their financial uh, commitments around. Yet at the same time, the number one thing I've learned from high performers and from just being a career expert for all of these years and writing books about it and collecting all of the data that I've looked at the past decade is that there's room on top. And if you are a high-performing per- person and you're able to co- communicate that in a way, uh, recruiters want to bring on results. They don't necessarily want the most experienced person every single time. And so I think it's really important to ask yourself, what have I been doing in the past, whether it's working for me or not? And how do I communicate about the thing that's been working for me, the skill I wanna keep using? How do I communicate it about it in a way that pays forward to the thread of my future? So if you're a communications person and you wanna work in technology, ask yourself what's the intersection between the skills you'd be using in technology and the ones you've been using in your communications job. And so to me, what's important is really questioning those limiting beliefs that we all buy into, because yes, there is something very real about having financial commitments, but there's also something real about realizing that we are in an infinite workforce. Whatever every um, five years, a skill set that you've cultivated becomes obsolete in today's workforce, according to research. And when you know that, it becomes all the more important to really be aware of the fact that there are so many different opportunities and you owe it to yourself as you're doing this self audit to not just look at. What do I know that I wish I didn't know? But also to take a look at what am I buying into about my career that might not be true. And sometimes it's hard to see that. And so I recommend anybody listening write down on a piece of paper. I'm not where I want to be in my career because, or right. I can't go where I want to go in my career because. Fill in the blank. Usually, whatever they fill in, it's it's a story, and it's not
0: always well, every, true. Because, don't you think everything is a story? Everything is a yeah. story. I mean, yeah, ju- I just totally. realized that this weekend. I know I'm like 43 years old and I feel like, oh, I just had that realization that everything that we make up about our limitations is our story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's and so true. I know. And it's such BS, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. It is. And, and I find that we are only as strong as the story we tell ourselves. And ultimately in your career... If you, you know, I always wonder like, what is somebody's mindset? And it's quite easy to find because I could just look at their results. What are the results that they're creating in their career? Is it a happy result? Are they fulfilled? Are they not? That usually points to their mindset. So anybody who's feeling like something's missing, you could even write something's missing in my career because, and fill in the blank. All of those, like you said, and are, are limitations that we're buying into. And sometimes we just continue to, I don't want to say choose our limitations, but we seem to be committed to arguing for them. Right. So the person who believes that, you know, I can't switch jobs because I make all this money in here and I have these commitments and I have kids, that's valid that you have commitments and kids. And I could probably see that this type of person is going to be arguing for that limitation. And and the arguing pays off because then you get to stay stuck where you are and there's something, you know, the devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't. That's right. And so I totally get why people come up with these limitations. And yet in the middle of COVID, I've seen three clients double their salary. I've seen more emails from my Forbes column than ever about companies that are hiring because in really downturn times, recessions included, there are, there is the birth of extraordinary hiring. I know support.com is hiring an actual unlimited amount of people as is Instacart. So it's like, there's so many different places that are hiring in all levels of the workforce, whether it's entry level or senior level?
0: Um, I have a story. So I was married before, divorced. Um, uh, When I was married, (laughs) I uh, watched The Secret, which is that documentary that came out like 13, 14 years ago. This was before Mm -hmm. it was on Oprah. And my husband had come home after I watched it and I was making a great living in real estate and staging. And um, but I worked out of my house. Like it was just perfect. He came home Mm -hmm. from work and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be back on TV again. And he was like, Why? Why would you he actually said to me, like, why would you want to start auditioning again? Like you're making great money. You get the flexibility of working from our house. Like, why would you even want to go back to that? And I was like, because it was I knew it was something that was calling me. And the next day I found my HGTV job on Craigslist. And it was just, it was such a departure from everything that was safe in my life. And the the work, quote unquote, the great life that I was living financially, but my calling was so different. And it was, it took a little bit of courage for me to make that departure, but I'm so glad it that I did because you're right. I could have just lived working out of my house, being whomever, you know, I guess I thought that I should have been. But I, I didn't. And I'm so glad I did. But I think a lot of people get stuck in that rut of just comf- being comfort, comfortable, right?
1: Yeah, And I think there's a really big gap between who we're being sometimes and who we think we need to be. And ultimately some people just need a permission slip, like a a friendly reminder. Some people need evidence. They need to see people out there doing the thing and realize that they actually could be one of those people. All of that said, your story is just affirming what I believe to be true, which is that clarity comes from engagement. It's never going to come from thought. And I think you can only think yourself so far. And so for anybody listening, it's like if you're thinking about making a career change or reaching for the stars, number one, purpose moves. Like, What you really want to do moves. In some moments, I've seen clients who are very high achievers, and I've coached everybody from admin assistants to celebrities who don't want to make movies anymore. And one of the things I've learned just through doing this is that people change, and your career ultimately can be a vehicle to support that, a vehicle for self expression, a vehicle for impact, a vehicle for money. But you have to accept that as you change, so will your career, and so will your purpose. And that's why. Clarity comes from engagement. And one way that I love engagement can look like a lot of things. It can look like you did taking a new job and taking that risk. It could be a little bit more minute. It could be like reading a book and taking a course, having conversations with friends or as steep as hiring a coach. Like it's really across the board, what engagement looks like for people. But ultimately I'm a big believer that one of the highest forms of engagement is through having conversations. Like whenever I feel like my business or my career feels bland or like I'm coming into a plateau I tell myself, what do I need to do to create more magic? And always the answer seems to be have more conversations. And I know it's tempting for people who are listening to this to think I need to have conversations with executives, people that can hire me. But never underestimate who you're talking to. Like I worked in counterterrorism in Washington, D.C. over a decade ago. And I went to my first networking event and somebody was judging me, like the the person I came with was like making fun of me because the person I ended up having the longest conversation with at the networking event was a taxi driver. And the the friend was like, Hey, like this taxi driver isn't going to help you get a job in counterterrorism. Like you got to network. And it was so interesting because at the end of the night, the taxi driver gave me his card and he said, on the weekends, I drive for the Clinton family. Wow. And It was such a reminder for me that and he said, Let me support you. And it was such a reminder for me, you never know who you're talking to. It's for yourself. Yeah, have conversations.
0: Oh, let me yeah, I'm gonna divert a little bit because I want to go down that road with you. It is so true that you never know what connection is gonna lead you to the place that you're going to get in every category of your life. And it's we we tend to judge. Oh, they're not important. So I'm just not gonna give that. it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Every mm-hmm. every connection leaves leads you down a path that you that you may not know that you needed to be, if that makes sense.
1: Mm, definitely. And I think I think there's an element of control that people seem to wanna have. And it's such an illusion that we have control. You know, it's like whatever that quote is about life is what happens when you're busy making plans. It's so true. And so I think having an intention is the most powerful thing we can do in our career. And that usually comes back down to our core skill set, asking ourselves after we do a self audit, after we take a look at our limits, getting more connected to who are we, what gifts do we naturally have? Because I think throughout the eighties and into the millennium, there's a lot of dialogue around following your passion. And I think that got people confused because it made them lead more with what industry they want to work in versus how they want to spend their day, which roots back to an actual core skill set. Because, look, I love fashion and travel, but I'm not going to be happy if I'm at a five-star hotel being the chef. That's not the right Right. core skill set. And so ultimately we need to get really clear on what are our natural gifts that we carry with us into the world and how can we fold that into our career. And then if you want to take it to another level, noticing opportunities that make you feel like you're expanding because there's so much information out there, not only through conversations, but just through watching people. And there's so many moments, I think, where people get these little breadcrumbs of opportunities that are in front of them and they don't even notice the breadcrumb because they feel, you know, maybe like something's not, possible for them or available for them. They're stuck in their limitations. But when you notice that your body is expanding or saying yes to something or longing for something, wait, that's, wait, can, that's you, can you stop there? I,
0: yeah. a I get that. I get it in the negative way. Like I can tell when my body's like, Nope. Yeah. How do you, how can you, how can people tell when their body is saying yes?
1: Yeah. Great question. I think one of the biggest things that happens that get us off course in our career is that we get disconnected from ourselves and that's why for years people used to come into my office or see me virtually and they would say i need clarity and the first thought i had was no you don't you need to get connected to yourself because when you're connected to yourself your skills your likes your interests your career actually becomes quite clear and easy and so my advice for anybody that's really in tune with their nose but not in tune with their yeses is to write down on a list the things of places people Or things that you do that make you feel like you. Like what are those... Like for me, I love going to the ocean and being by the beach. It really brings out a lot more of me being me in the world. I love dance classes. I love nightclubs because I love loud music. Um, These are things that I add onto my calendar. And I know with COVID, we're living in very unusual times. And that's why I also just make a point to tune into what are some things that I could do that don't involve that element of people. There's certain books that I read that kind of put me back into alignment. And so I think for anybody listening, it's asking yourself, is there a person that you have conversations with that bring you back into alignment? Is there a place you can go like the ocean that is irrelevant of the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic? Whatever it is that's true for you, you need to get clear because when you get more in your body, when you get more connected to yourself and you do those things that make you feel expansive, it gets easier to feel the no as usual, but it also gets easier to notice the yeses because you've kind of been in a state of yes, making a habit of doing things that
0: feel good. Right. I had a sound bath, a private sound bath here at my house the other day. I only invited like a handful of my friends and my sister was one of the people who came She got really emotional in the sound bath. And if anybody's listening, who's like, what the heck is a sound bath? It's basically like a meditation with sound. Um, I don't know if you've ever been through one, Ashley, but um, they're really powerful. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, my sister ended up getting really emotional. And Mm -hmm. at the end, we all kind of sat around and talked about, you know, everybody's different experience. And what she realized was that she never takes time to be quiet in her day. Mm. She has four kids. She's got a very demanding job. And she realized that this was the first time she did something just for herself and just was quiet. And that's why she got so emotional. And I think that what you're saying is right. Like in order for us to actually connect with ourselves, we have to, we have to give that gift to ourselves as well, instead of just constantly running. And I think it's in this day and age, it's hard to find that.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, what you're sharing right now reminds me of a client I have who's a mother and she has kids and she feels so off and she feels irritable and she's such a light and she's so enjoyable when I talk to her and I just told her like, it doesn't really feel like your nature to be this irritable. Like, what do you think it is? And we, we wrote down all of the possibilities of I'm irritable because, and we wrote down all of the things, whether they were limitations or realities that we could write down And we, we just kind of came to the conclusion, like, what would it be like if you had white space on your calendar for you to just be? And she ended up reading my book and setting aside the time in the mornings before her kids woke up. And at first she was like, I don't know if I want to take away an hour of sleep from myself. And after a week of doing it, she realized I absolutely need this as non-negotiable time. Who I am for the rest of the eight hours or 10 hours of the workday is so different than who I was. And it's only because I'm taking these 30 minutes to 45 minutes in the morning. It's so important. We create white space for ourselves. Um, You know, according to research, multitasking makes you 40% less productive. And so there's so many little sneaky things we do. Um, and ways that we try to control when ultimately we're just not trusting life and settling into our bodies to be able to feel and notice when things are right. And, And I also think of friends who are dating and they want to meet the right person, but their lives are so noisy and it's kind of like boat slips, you know, like we all have an energetic boat slip. And if there's a boat in there and the boat could look like chaos and overworking and all these different things, it's really hard to notice when the right boat passes by and there's no space for it to come into your slip, whether that's in your career and there's an opportunity you want. If you're at capacity and you're on edge, it's not going to, those opportunities aren't going to come to you. Um, But also in your love life, like you can't really attract the person you want. If you're maybe your energy is tied up with another person that isn't right for you, your boat is full.
0: I have a friend of mine who just went through a breakup a few months ago. And as soon as the breakup happened, work came flooding in. And it's, I, I, it was so um, apparent that we are just like when you take up space with things that are toxic for you, you you literally are crowding your life and you're not allowing other things to come in. And that's in the case of like a bad career or a bad relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think honestly, our relationship with ourselves is what it comes back to. And I think that's why Going back to the beginning of our episode talking about a self-audit, it's like if we can't clean out ourselves and make space to hear what's a yes and what's an no for ourselves, like we're going to be in for a lot of autopilot and a lot of no's until life gets so tough it kind of hits you with a proverbial two-by-four across the head because if you're not living your life with intention, it's going to live you. It's going to hit you. and Eventually, that's why people wake up to midlife crises, debt. All of these things don't happen overnight, you know, like debt, for example, I've been in debt before in my company and it was like a repeated decision and a slow burn that eventually culminated. And by the time it was super big, I fully noticed it and woke up to it um, and, and had to pay it off. And I think it's the same thing with any sort of unhappiness. If we don't know it, notice it, and we let it be kind of insidious, eventually it's going to get so big that you will notice it. And so that's why I think it's so much more powerful instead of being like the normal human who in our human experience tends to wait until they're miserable and boiling to make a change because they have to then step into that uncomfortable fear of the unknown, asking yourself, how can I be the person that starts to pick up to the cues of me feeling really lukewarm about something? How can lukewarmness become a new indicator for me that I need to ask some questions, pay attention, get curious in my career?
0: That, but That is my life. I'm really... I only make huge healing changes when things get so uncomfortable and so painful that I have no other mm-hmm. choice. And it's true. Like I wish I would have made a change when it was lukewarm, but it's until I'm boiling and I make mm. a change. But I've realized in my own life that I've looked for people, places, and things to complete me. And yeah. I just now, again, at my age, I wish I would have known this young sooner, but that I can't there's nobody, there's no thing, there's nothing that's going to complete me other than me. And the only person that really abandoned me is me.
1: Yeah. This is the premise of the book I wrote because I I came up with this concept of making a U-turn, Y-O-U, because I think that all of us have disconnected. And I think that's really the answer to creating a career that really lights you up is getting back to you. And if somebody's radically honest with me at any given moment, I can usually say, "Do you like what you're doing?" Yes or no." And maybe if they're in resistance, they're like, "Well, I like I like that I like that." And then it's like, finally, we cut the noise. And it's like, "No, it's not working for me." Okay, why?" And the funny thing about people is that they can actually get into the truth quite quick when you make it a non-negotiable standard. I think for anybody listening to our conversation, it's like, How can you make the truth non-negotiable for yourself? How can you grab a piece of paper right now and write down what you know to be true? Write down where you're not, you know, what you're believing about your career that translates into why you're not where you want to be. What are you believing about your career that's keeping you from getting to that quote unquote next level? And and what are the things you need to do to reconnect to yourself? Because like you're saying, it's like we are conditioned to be miserable when we make a change and I hope that this conversation with you sets anybody free and gives anybody permission to remember, no, lukewarm can be an inner alarm system that lets you know it's time right. to ask these bigger questions.
0: No, I wait till I'm burned. Like I'm in yeah. the ER.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, oh,
0: Girl. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I mean, we're all works in progress really. And I, I, I'm still like, as time goes on, I'm just being more awakened about what life's really about. And, that we really do make up all these stories and we do stay stuck in places just because of fear. And it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. that way. I mean, even in my life now, everybody knows me as a designer on TV and I have product lines, but I have been having this calling of doing something so das- drastically different. And I've yeah. been fearful because nobody knows me in that way, quote unquote way. And that's okay. And that, I think that's why I even started this podcast because I am more um, spiritual and there's so mu- there's so many di- different like f- parts of me that I haven't shared, and this is mm-hmm. sort of like a, a a step into that direction. But it's okay, yeah. and I think people get, tend to get stuck because they're like, "No, I identify this way, so I have to stay there," and it's not the case.
1: Yeah, we're at, we're so hardwired for survival, and I think it makes sense that people get stuck because. First of all, growing up, like I wasn't really told about a lot of career paths beyond like a veterinarian, a lawyer, and a doctor. And why was I told those? Because those are the ones that make a mid upper middle class, respectable, high income. And it's like from a young age, our options presented to us are not different things like being an artist. You know, like very rarely are kids encouraged to be that. And yet, some of the most high net worth individuals in my circle are writers. And I grew up with the word struggling in front of the word writer in my head. And here I am as an author and a podcaster and all these different roles that involve content creation and writing. I would say that words and writing are what are making me my living in the best way possible. And so I think also people taking a look at what were the messages that you got growing up that you heard from your family's conversations. How did your parents relate to money? Were they quiet about it? Did they talk about it? How did they relate to success? And Ultimately, because this is so tied into our survival, we shrink back from sharing with the people closest to us. Sometimes, how we're actually doing or actually feeling. But until you really take a look at the truth in the face, you're not going to be able to make a change. I think that comes back to creating safety with yourself, loving yourself, making it okay for yourself to be where you are. And uh, I, I don't think that there's enough permission for that in a world where you know there's 140 character tweets and likes and texts. They're so short form and there's so many images we're seeing on Instagram. It's like, we forget that people behind Instagram are real people with real stories. A lot of them are friends of mine who are confiding in me about the realities of their lives. And once we get beyond this image and the need to survive and keep up and we start getting really honest with ourselves, that's when things can change, especially when we get honest with
0: the people around us. Right. Right. Oh boy. We could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. because it's just so true, and we make our lives so much more complicated, we, yeah, we do this to ourselves,
1: yeah, it's so true. and and that's that's another realization. I think that's a limiting belief that things have to be complicated. And there's so many friends that I have, for example, who have a belief that things need to be complicated. And I watch them complicate their life on the belief that it should be complicated. Right. And sometimes I kind of look at them like, hey, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just say yes to this or no to that. You don't have to make excuses of why it's a no. You don't have to make excuses of why something else is a yes. You just own where you are. And I think that kind of come back, comes back to your relationship with loving yourself, creating safety for yourself, giving yourself permission to be where you are as a human being.
0: Right. We need to be more um kind to ourselves. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm literally my worst enemy.
1: I I've really worked on this and I think I've given myself a lot of permission, but every time I kind of grow in one way, it kind of feels like there's there's a I don't know if it's a chapter but there's a heading in my book it says new level new devil and it kind of feels like that. It's like every time I grow to a certain level and I get comfortable with something, the next thing is kind of up for me to grow, heal, look at. Right. And that's just what life is, is just a series of growing. And so in my case, um, being kinder to myself has really evolved. And yet I still work really, really hard sometimes to the point where I'm exhausted by the time I hit the pillow at night. And so I'm still learning to love myself. And one of the best questions that I ask myself in that process is what would be really loving today? Or if something doesn't feel good, oh, I like love that. how do what I be, be more loving? Really
0: loving today? What can I yeah. do to my, for myself that would be very loving today? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love that.
1: Yeah. It's it's been huge. And, and sometimes I look at my calendar and it's back to back and I'm like, Oh, what would be loving is moving three appointments today. So I'm going to do it.
0: I love that. I love that. Yes. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. I'm going to, in the notes of this section, Ashley's, all of Ashley's information will be on there. Ashley, you have to come back on the podcast again, because I feel like we just started and um, we have so much more to talk about.
1: Yeah, I would be honored. And I'm just so hopeful that anybody that is listening, that this conversation kind of gives them that little pep to make that change or get really honest and start moving in a direction. Yeah. Yeah. A little kick in the pants,
0: A kick in the pants. Oh my God. What am am I 80? Who says that? (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I'm going
1: to, I'm going to have to give myself a little sound bath. Now I'm getting a little jealous that you had one. You
0: have to do it. I highly, I I know I'm like super LA, like so granola, but I swear it it was like so therapeutic. But, um, even if you can't do a sound bath, just meditate today. That's all I'm asking the listeners. Just yeah. Take a minute.
1: Definitely. Thanks. Well, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me.